Welcome to your Photography Mentor Podcast, a podcast dedicated to help you achieve your photography dreams, whether you're just starting out or you're a seasoned pro. Now here's your hosts, David Molnar and Rich Coleman. Hey folks, David Molnar here. I hope you guys are well. Happy Monday, October 18th to you. I have no idea what podcast episode is, this is. Rich is not on with me today, and he usually lets me know what podcast episode it is. Um, so I and I have no idea, but I've got an exciting podcast uh, for you today. One of my dear friends is going to come on online, and we're going to uh, just have a fun conversation about being a good enough mother. You know, like, um, and uh, and I'm not a mother, and 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 all sorts of stuff. But I think I think we're I think we're gonna have a lot of fun, and I know a lot of um, a lot of our fellow TPMers are are moms or aspiring moms or even grandmothers, and I think it's an important conversation to have to talk about, um, you know, um, what it's like to balance work, and motherhood, and parenthood, and and all these uh, all these different things as well. So um, I, a, a ton of you guys are on right now, and um, and thank you all so much for tuning in. What I'm going to do is um, I'm going to bring on my dear friend um, Hillary Barnett. Hillary, how are you doing today? I'm fabulous, David. How are you? I'm I'm great. You guys made it home safely, I see. Yes, we got home on Saturday evening. Eight-hour drive from 30A. It was wonderful. Nice. Well, the drive, the drive wasn't, but the, <laughs> the trip was. <laughs> well, you've 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 got kids, so the yeah. drive, the you know, seven eight hour drive is not always, you know, the the funnest thing that I not my favorite pastime necessarily. But no. um, hey, Hillary, you just I'm gonna jump straight to it for a second. We're gonna, we're gonna talk about a little bit of backstory and stuff like that. But um, so Hillary, how long have we known each other? I don't actually know the math on this. Just I think we just did the math and it was 15 years. If I hmm. think, yeah, 15 years sounds about right. It makes sense because my 15th anniversary was earlier this year and we moved into that townhouse that you moved in next door to me yep. like a couple months after I got married. So over yep. 15 years. Dang, wow. we're old. So, so, uh, so... Mm -hmm. Here, here's the deal. Hillary has written an amazing new book. I have not got the chance to read the entire book. So just full disclosure, I'm, I'm excited to read it. Um, and we're going to talk a bunch about that because it just came out, right? Some yeah. like some people don't even know it's out yet. So that's that's the exciting yeah. thing. But here's the deal. The book is called The Good Enough Mother. And uh, what's the subtitle? Reimagining it's, Motherhood and Work. Reimagining Motherhood and Work. Yes. And I think it's so appropriate for those of you guys who, you know, are pursuing careers in photography or, or even balancing a, a you know, full-time career and then trying to do photography on the side while also being a parent. Um, but we're going to give away 10 yeah. copies of Hillary's book, her brand new book today. So here's what you have yes. to do in order to uh, be eligible to win one of those 10 copies, okay? You need to share this Facebook Live recording well we're live but share this to your you know personal profile okay if you share that then um then you are you are eligible to win you'll be you know there's like one of 10 of you guys will win a free copy and we'll mail it you know we'll buy it from amazon and send it straight to your to your house um but hillary real quick tell yes. us tell us how you how how we met 
tell my tell so students. oh yeah okay and I, I meant to say I, the copy of the book that I had I ended up giving away so it is a real book and it is printed I just don't have a copy because it's that fresh it's that so new. it's that new it's so new um so yeah so my husband and I moved to Nashville in 2006 and we were looking at our new condo that was being built you know we're just kind of perusing the site and this yeah. guy comes out with kind of long hair looks really friendly kind of surfer vibe you know and he's like hey guys uh do you love jesus we were like yeah <laughs> <laughs> and he's like that's awesome um my name's david i think we're gonna be neighbors and if you need to stay with us you can't you totally can't and we were just like wow this is the friendliest guy we've ever met um he literally offered to have strangers in his home after five minutes of meeting us and and it's the rest is history you know the rest yeah. is history well <laughs> yeah i was a very welcoming a, a very welcoming person and my my family was always always had people staying with us and it it sounded like i think if i remember correctly like your house was like getting delayed like y'all couldn't move in on time. yes yes and we were yes. talking about that i was like well, if you need a floor to crash like we don't even have a couch yet but you can pull a sleeping bag up or yeah. something and yeah but you didn't you didn't do it you we didn't did, take you didn't. up on it, but yeah, we made lots sadly. of fun memories later down the line. And so what's funny is, and and I think I told you guys like, hey, if you know, when y'all are moving in, just let me know. Come knock on the door, help you move in stuff. So Matt, her husband, who it's his birthday today. Happy birthday, Matt Barnett. Happy birthday, um, honey. He, Matt works uh, with Dave Ramsey um, over there in Franklin, Tennessee. And, um, you know, Matt came and knocked on my door on a Sunday evening, I think, in the rain and and said something like you know like we have pizza if you help us move in so we're like <laughs> yeah. i'm in like my pajamas i'm like well let me get my slippers off and then and then we moved over and then it was like it just it just was like a you know a seinfeld episode or a friends episode yes. or something of like being next door neighbors like my wife tammy and hillary became like best friends and matt and i became best friends and it was just like a match made in heaven like it couldn't you know like sometimes your neighbors are weird and and um you know I think I think some other neighbors yes. thought we were all weird. Um, well, hey, I mean, yeah, we we <laughs> there, spent a lot of time together. So yeah, there there is. <laughs> well, I mean, we were, we were always hanging out, and uh, I, I guess I don't know if we ever went to the same church while we were sitting the, while we were at that neighborhood. I think I don't were... think we did, but we shared like a common yard area in between, and so mm. it was just like you know we're gonna hang, and then we would do movie nights. Sometimes we would be already in pajamas. So, yeah. you know, that's normal in your early twenties, <laughs> right? Totally. I mean, we're talking about like, you know, pajama sweatpants or whatever. Uh happy birthday, Gwendolyn Isaac. Happy birthday, Today Gwendolyn. Happy birthday too. So happy birthday to you. Um, let's make Gwendolyn one of the winners. Tell tell my team. You're she gonna wins. get a book, Gwendolyn. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna be one of the ten winners. Um so uh yeah, so so some of our neighbors who um uh Anyway, some of our neighbors were like judging us back and forth on like they thought we were swingers, like because we would like walk over to the next door's like to, to your house and like sweatpants and play like you know a game of Monopoly or something like that, and we're like, no, we're not, you know. I had and a really then, awkward convo with one of the neighbors. It was very, very awkward. I was like, no, sir, we are not swingers. We are just, <laughs> it's just we're just rehashing friends. You know, it's yeah. okay. Yeah, it was. It was, it was, it was good a lot times. Of fun. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, um, let me let me see if I can put this up really quick. Here here is the book, uh, the Good Enough yeah. Mother. 
Um, yep. Right here. Here here it is. It's eleven seventy nine. It it's eleven seventy nine on Amazon. So yeah. So reimagining motherhood and work. Um, so you know, very cool. I'm excited to to dive in even more into that. Um, Hillary, but, um, how long, you know, like, so I've got some questions for you. We're going to, we're going to give yeah. away nine more copies. Cause I think it was Gwendolyn. Who's going to get a copy for sure. Um, what, how long have you been writing? I mean, you're like 26 right now. Right. So like, yeah. how long have I you mean, been writing? I yeah. mean, clearly, um, the lighting's really good in here. Um, mm -hmm. I started writing in about actually right after we moved to shadow Glen and we met you guys, um, professionally, I was in nonprofit work. Um, executive assistant work, administrative work, and um, quit that and just decided I wanted to freelance write, which was super smart because it was right before the economy tanked. So that was fun. Um, yeah. Did a lot of scrapping around and freelancing and then decided to start my own uh, company, which we can get to later. But as far as writing professionally, I've been writing professionally since about 2008. Hmm. So that's well, a long time. So, so you, you've, uh, you know, you've had lots of, um, lots of stuff that you've done over the years and, and, you know, you, you know, your company, you know, savvy. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So I kind of started savvy out of my love of writing, um, wanting to kind of monetize my love of writing in a, in a practical way and, um, started writing content for companies, organizations, nonprofits, writing social media posts and blog posts. And I've really been doing that ever since started that in about 2010. Yay, Mary Lee. That's awesome. Yay for ri Writers Unite. Yeah. We have to stick together. It's a tough life sometimes. But yeah, no, Savvy is the company I started when my daughter, my first daughter was born. And really, it was a way for me to kind of take the leap into my dreams. I mean, um, this is kind of the next leap, you know, the book itself and publishing it. But the first leap was, you know, monetizing what I really love to do. And so, mm. yeah. That's awesome. So, so you've been, you've been doing savvy, for, sorry, for how long have you been doing savvy? I, I formed the LLC in 2010. Um, sorry. Yeah. 2010, 2011 when my daughter was born. So at that point I was still just, it was just me. And then we kind of grew over time into a much larger organization and then kind of shrunk back and started over. There's been several iterations of the company over the years. Um, but I really have tried to build it out as kind of a lifestyle company that would suit my needs as a mom. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I definitely. Love that. You know, yeah. So you, so you started writing this book pre-kid or sorry, uh, you started, you started your company pre-kids. Well, then... I started it right when my first daughter was born. Oh, okay. Yep. She was, she was four months old. I was working at an NPR affiliate. I talk a lot about this in the book, not a lot, but just about like pumping and how ridiculous all of that is in the workplace and like how stressful it is having a baby and having to be in, in a work environment, which a lot of women yeah. are doing. Um, and decided to start my own thing after, after having her. So yeah. Love that. Love that. Hey, so I have a question for you guys. How many of y'all are interested in writing a book one day? This is not a, this is not a podcast about it, but just out of curiosity, like who, like there's all these people, like I, I talk to people and they're like, Oh, I'm interested in writing a book. I've heard that kind of that recurring thing. Um, <clears throat> you know, like, you know, over the years. And so just kind of wanted to know, Barbara said, I started writing my book earlier this year. Um, and I know, uh, Mary Lee had said about that as well. Um, so that's very cool. Carrie's saying she thought about it. Regina's saying she's thought about it. Um, that that's, very that's cool. fantastic. So how, very like cool. who, who is, who is this book for? Hillary? Yeah. Who, yeah. Well, I started writing it when my second daughter was born and I, 
I honestly, I wrote the book for me because okay. I couldn't find a book that I, that I needed at the time. Hmm. So I don't, I don't necessarily know if I need, I mean, I still reread it and go, wow, Hill, you know, old Hillary is giving now Hillary advice that she still needs to hear. Right. But, but at the time me was a mother of two children under five. Hmm. Um, which gets busy. Yeah. Very busy. Um, running my own company and trying to pursue my creative passions on the side. So that the, the book really is for women who are considering becoming moms, because I think I've maybe put off becoming a mom for a while because I was pretty stressed about the fact of like, I think there are a lot of women out there, younger women who are like, this is scary for me. I'm, what's yeah. this going to do to my career? What's this going to mean for me? But also specifically for moms who are in the thick of it, in the trenches right now with young children who are really just trying to parse out you know, what are, what is my calling? What do I really want? What, what does, how does that make sense with my new role as a mom? Um, mm. that's really who this book is for. Mm. I love that. And, 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 you know, you touched on this a little teeny bit, but like the good enough mother, like it just, it kind of cracks me up. Just, just the, <laughs> the title of it. I'm like, I, you know, like, can you tell, can you tell me a little bit of, you know, like what that's about and, how, how that kind of yeah. pertains to the book? Well, I think it's sometimes like that term, when you first hear it, you're just like, well, really? Like you're just going to give up and be good enough? You're not going to try any mm. harder? But I think when, when it comes to the person reading this book, it's the mom who is doing every possible thing to be perfect and can't ever feel like she's adding up. Right. So, you know, when you hear the term good enough, you might bristle and go, well, why would you stop at good enough? But as you read through, even my husband who was reading it was like, I feel like you're kind of giving moms a pass here. And I'm like, no, keep reading. Just keep reading. <laughs> because it really is, it's the concept that was put forth in the 1950s by a, a psychologist called uh, named, named David Winnicott, who basically mm. said that, you know, perfection as a mother is impossible. Mm. And so if we can embrace good enough now, and lean into our callings and lean into who we are and heal ourselves, not to say we aren't focused on our children. I'm, a, I'm making a very broad assumption with this book that most of the moms reading it are very focused on their children. Yeah. I, as I was, right? That their default is to primarily focus on their children and that's a good thing, but that maybe somewhere in, along the way they got a little bit lost in the mix. And so the good enough mother concept kind of stems from that earlier psychological concept that we cannot be completely subsumed by our roles. We have yeah. to still maintain a sense of identity. Hmm. Um, well, and it, and the book really just hashes how, out all the complexities of that because it's not simple. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, one of the things I've noticed with my wife, and I feel the same way often, so I'm sure dads can relate to this too, but um, how many of you guys are, 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 are a parent, a mom, a dad, a grandparent, you know, like how many of you guys are who are who are on right now or are, would identify as, <laughs> as a parent um, right now, just out of curiosity and, and also trying to pursue a career or multiple careers? Because I know a lot of you guys are are pursuing this career in photography part time or full time while you're trying to you know transition from a, from another job or something like that. So the, you're, you might be juggling a lot of things. And I would imagine that you would feel some guilt. Right. Because I know, like, you know, at the end of the day. Um, you know, I saw like a meme the other day and I always go back to memes, but it was like, it was one of those things, Hillary, where it was like, 
you know, if you died, your boss would put up a job posting to replace you before the end of the month. Mm-hmm. But your family, you know, your your friends, your loved ones would mourn you forever. And sometimes, and I'm guilty, okay, because I love my students and I pour my heart into trying to help build the photo mentorship and the photo mentorship pro, you know, for y'all. Um, but there's times when I feel guilty for not spending enough time focusing on my kids. And and I can, you know, I, I think my wife feels even more guilt. She's always like, oh, I could have done this thing better. Or like, I hope I didn't like damage my kids when they're little from like, I don't know, not getting to them fast enough when they're crying because I was trying to, I mean, just like stuff that I'm like, babe, like you, like you cannot blame yourself for this stuff. But that doesn't matter. It kind of doesn't matter what logically we should think it's about how we feel yes yes you know and yeah and i think dads can relate to a lot of this too i mean it's a good enough mother but parents in general because i think you know 75 percent or more of households now are double working households so dads and and dads are expected to to do more than they were, you know, 50, 60, even 20 years ago in the house and and to carry help carry that double burden that moms typically carry when they're working. But that is what I kind of try to hash out through my own experience in this book. Of hmm. I talk a lot about, you know, when we had kids, you know, Matt and I kind of before had kids, we had an egalitarian kind of everybody's kind of handling their own stuff, marriage and then kids came along, well, you know, Matt can't breastfeed Matt, you know, there are things he just can't do. Right. And, um, I think the guilt just starts to set in and we really can just constantly beat ourselves over the head with it. And, Hmm. uh, I talk even also about like traumas and childhood traumas and, you know, what's when we, when we talk about like childhood trauma, it's important to, you know, not make light of it and not to say, well, this thing, give yourself some sort of pass or permission slip, but also to go look if you're doing the very best you can right now, that's the best you can do. And that was the best you could do then. Hmm. When you were exhausted, you were completely sleep deprived, you were running on nothing. You, you know, we're all doing the best we can right now. So it, 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 it is a permission slip, but it's also an encouraging nudge of like, you're doing okay, but you, you can do better, but you don't have to beat yourself over the head about it all the time. I've heard I've heard people that are older and I mean, that's so good, but I've heard people that are older and wiser and they're just kind of like, listen, like because I have a three year old and a wait, Rosie just turned five. Um, so a three, a five, a seven and an eight year old. It's busy, you know. Yes. Um, and thankfully, like we're out of diapers, but you know, three year old still has some accidents every now and then, you know, yeah. but like they you know, I've heard people say it before, like you're just in the crazy years until your kids get at least five years old. You know, I remember Judah, my oldest, like he's an awesome kid, but like he was tough. He was an easy baby. And then around one years old, like he started getting tough. And he was, Mm -hmm. I think, our hardest kid right until he turned five. And right after he turned five, he like he got I don't know, just just something clicked. And he was like a little person and we could like have conversations and reason with him a little bit more. And um, and stuff started changing. But like it's just, you know you feel this mom guilt, dad guilt, parent, whatever guilt that like someone had said, like full-time work guilt a second ago. But like sometimes we're just trying to like, we're trying to make ends meet. We're trying to just get through the day. The the days are long, but the years are short. And I look back and I'm like, holy crap, how do I have an eight and a half year old already? Almost a nine year old. It's bizarre to me. But yet like some of the days I'm just like, 
can I be honest? Like, I'm just like, yeah. I hate this. Like when the kids are all yeah. screaming and they're just like, ah! and like, and yeah. uh, I'm just like, there's moments where I just hate it. I, I, like, I hate that yeah. moment. Not my kids. I'm just saying like, it, it's stressful yeah. and it's overwhelmed. And then I feel guilty about it. And like, and I should be cherishing these moments. And I can just right. imagine like, you know. Yeah. I talk about that a lot too. I say too. it's it's called mom code. Well, this in this case would be dad code. But just that okay. like, it's okay to say that things suck sometimes without feeling like you have to be judged. Like, yeah. I think, you know, we feel like we have to polish it up, especially as mothers and present this perfect picture of everything's so wonderful. And any mom who's being honest with you knows that that's not the full story. It doesn't right. mean it's not true. It's not true. It's beautiful. It's also mm. can be a total nightmare. And so until we can be honest about those things, then we aren't going to get very far, you know, with, with mom. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Caitlin Marie said, raise your hand if you pretended to have to go to the bathroom. Oh yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> not to get too yeah. graphic, but I'm like, I might scroll a little longer than necessary <laughs> just for some peace and quiet sometimes, you know? Um, yeah. Oh man. It's hard. Like, it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Leanne says he makes it so hard. I love him, but sometimes I want to quit. I guess she's obviously talking about her son. Leanne, you are not alone. Yeah. Beverly's saying it's cherished, cherished yeah. uh, chaos um, for sure. Yeah. Yep. Beverly's saying her oldest will be 17 in December. She can't believe it. Um, yeah. So this is, you know, Pamela, Pamela Horn. She's saying I have a full-time office job, grandmother of two and working on getting started with the photography business. So it's busy for you. Wow. You know, wow. it's busy. And it's hard to it's hard to balance that stuff because so many times you know we feel like we sh we should or could have it all you know like the perfect job yeah. the perfect house you know dinner on the table I mean whatever it is that you feel like you should be doing um, yes. you know and like maybe that's not necessarily possible is that is that a thing that we should you know be striving for Hillary or is that yeah I think having it all is this concept that you know, can be a little shifty. Um, whatever all means to you, I think is important. But in the book, I just talk about how specifically for moms, um, especially moms who either need to work for income or want to, yeah, it really can feel like this constant juggling, you're spinning plates and it's like if something crashes, everything's going down. Hmm. This cannot, that's not sustainable. And yeah, and yeah, I'm a mother of three and grandmother of four. It never ends. Amen to that. My I've my mom has told me the same thing. But you know, just this concept of having it all and knowing that, okay, whatever all means is where or whatever all has been presented to us by society, like you mm -hmm. said, David, it might not really be sustainable for our souls, you know, in the long in the long term. Mm -hmm. Yes. That's exactly it, Shoshana. And I talk a lot about that in the book because we are kind of rushed through our children's, I mean, it goes fast enough as it is, right? But then we get on Facebook and we see this thing that says, you only have 18 years and, and 10 months and five days and 16 minutes with your children. Make the most right. of it. Mm -hmm. And you're like, okay. And then it's like, oh, also, can you earn um, six figures, please, and have the house clean by 5 p.m. every day and, and a fresh organic meal on the table every night? I mean, this is not sustainable. So yeah. 
I just talk about how we have to define what that means for us individually. Yeah. And we have to dig deep to get there. It's It can't be something that's kind of given to you. You have to dig deep to find that, what that means. And it might mean saying no to a lot of things. Yeah, I mean, and, yeah. And I know in, in the book, you you like kind of ask mothers like what they actually want. Like what, yes. what, is that, what does that mean and how does that play out? Yeah, so that kind of plays into the having it all is, is I think a lot of times in general, you know, we, we don't ask ourselves that question. I think especially I was raised in the church and a lot of times we're told, you know, your desires maybe are, at, at the worst, they might be sinful. Um, at, at best, they might be selfish. Mm. Um, so, you know, what is God's will for your life? And, you know, try to hit that target right on the head. Right. But I think as you become a mother, you kind of begin to just go, well, I don't know what I, I don't know who I am, much less what I want. And right. so we stop asking ourselves that hard question because it would force us to kind of look in the mirror and go, okay, maybe what did I want before kids? Did that change? Did kids change that? What do I want now? What is the season of life that I'm in? Who am I now? Who even am I really? You know, what did, what did having kids do to my identity, my roles, and just kind of differentiating between the roles that you fill and who you are? Because those are yeah. two different things. Um, I'm, a, I'm a wife. I'm a mother. I'm a daughter. I'm a writer. I'm a business owner. But that's, that's different than who I am deep down, you know? So when you ask yourself what you want, it's kind of can be scary. <laughs> it can. It can't. You I, know? Was, I was just thinking, you know, Tammy is uh, Tammy, who is a dear friend of yours, my wife, um, and you know, she's the Enneagram too. What what number are you? I forget. Are you? A I'm a seven. You are seven. What's your yeah. wing? Are you wing? I'm a six wing. Wing six. Okay, because I'm a seven yes. wing eight. I was like, I thought you're yeah. like we're we're a fellow seven. Um, yep. But I didn't want to project that on you if I because I couldn't remember officially. We've talked about that a ton in the past, yeah. so I don't know why. Yeah. I forgot. But anyways, cool. Tammy's a two right? Which is always taking care of other people first. And that's a yes. natural like number or for, for a mom, a lot of moms like kind of lean towards being a two anyway, or temporarily, but like, yes. since she's a hardcore two, and then she's also a mother. I think there's a lot of times where she feels guilty for like thinking about what she wants. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And yeah, I mean, so it's, it's a, it's a tricky, it's a really tricky thing. And, and it's okay. Like, it's okay to like, to want something to, to want an identity, to, to want to start a business or, um, when I say an identity other than just raising the kids, it's okay to want to talk to adults and yes. there's nothing wrong with that. You know, if that's, that, if that's what you want to do too, but like, yeah, anyways. Um, yeah, there's hey, just a lot of guilt and shame around it and it yeah, shouldn't be. It totally is. Um, so you, you talk about in the book about starting your own business and then, um, like Kendra, Kendra Bozard um, said, uh, it can be especially hard working your regular nine to five, raising kids, making sure I nurture my relationship with, with spouse um, and try to start photography business from scratch. Can you talk a little bit about that? Like starting a business from scratch? Yes, absolutely. And it, it's, there's so many factors that come into play. Obviously financial are, are the primary one because you know, you, you can't necessarily take a leap out of the nest financial nest of a job until you have something that can catch you. Mm -hmm. Um, and so for me personally, I, I began to just take on a little bit of freelance work at one thing at a time, one client at a time until I was at a point, I, w I wasn't making the same amount, but I, w I, I basically calculated my bare minimum requirement. You know, yeah. what do I have to make the good to enough. keep our family, <laughs> the good enough money? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, what do I have to make to keep my family in the house we're in and keep groceries on the table? along with what my husband's earning, you know, to make this viable. 
Right. And once I hit that number, I was able to transition. But that can take years. That can take mm -hmm. a long time. But I think it's, you know, I think that part of that asking myself what I wanted was that was the process of going. I really think because like, you know, you know how sevens are, David. We're kind of yeah. hard. We're kind of hard to manage. We're kind of hard to deal with. So, you know, we do. We're always on to the next. And so I thought, you know, I, I think that I really do need to have my own business because this is best suited to my personality. Mm -hmm. I like to move quickly. I like to pivot. I don't want to have to wait around for people to tell me I can or cannot. Um, so once I started that process, I just created the business plan. I think it's, I, I do a lot of branding work with Savvy and I think it's really important. I think with women, especially like I, and I think things have changed a lot since COVID, especially, but the business world, I worked a lot in the corporate world before a nonprofit. It's very, um, siloed, you know, it's very, okay. Works over here and, and, and life is over here. But as a mom, as a woman, um, that's really hard to separate those things. Yeah. Business is personal and life is business and it's all very connected on a lot of levels. And so I think, you know, just figuring out the, how, what you want it to look like for you, what you want, who you want to serve, what really lights you up, you know, what do you, what would make you want to get out of the bed in the morning and put your feet on the ground and really get excited? Those are the kinds of questions you start to ask yourself. And if it's photography, that's, you know, go down that path, figure out your minimum, what you need to, to transition and just don't quit until you get to that point. And then that's, well, there's lots of stages, but that's the first one, I think. Well, I think that's really important just to kind of, you know, relate that over to, to photography. A guy started yes. moving the lawn right outside my window. So in case you're hearing that, yeah. um, but, uh, and, and that what you're talking about is, is such wisdom. And that's one of the things that we encourage, you know, our students to do in the photo mentorship pro is to not quit their full-time gig and have like no parachute or something. We don't want you guys to be in a financially troubled place or difficult place before you have momentum going. I like what you said, or I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounded like you, you started your business kind of on the side and you got enough income from this new venture um, to be able to make the good enough income, the bare minimum, so that yes. you guys could, you know, could sustain, you know, your family. And then at that point, you kind of quit your jobs. Right. Or yes. the other job. OK. Yes. So there was a there was a there's wisdom in the way that Hillary's talking about doing that is not making some sort of jump when it's going to put your family in jeopardy. And I, and I love that. But that can be a tricky, busy season uh, yes. if you're raising kids or, you know, I saw a lot of you guys saying your grandparents and you're also raising some of your grandkids as well. Um, and God bless you guys. I know that's a difficult thing. Um, I mean, I can't, I mean, just my four little kids that like drive, you know, like anyways, like it's, it's hard, you know, it's really hard. You know, hard. I had, had a, at a business meeting, you know, this morning, but I was still trying to get the kids out the door to get to our homeschool co-op thing. And I had to push that meeting back. And I mean, I, you know, I, I get it. I get it. Um, so hard. it can be an especially tricky, tricky time, but you know what you can do? You can do anything for a season. Okay. There's yes. this, there's been seasons of my life and Hillary's life. And I know cause we've walked with her and her husband, Matt, and their two beautiful girls for 15 plus years now. Cause we met, I think we met in like July. So it's been like yeah. 15 years and three months or whatever the math is. Um, and, uh, you know, like we, we, there's been seasons of hustle that you guys have had where you've, you know, you know, Matt's in the process of building a side gig. He's dad bod Matt and he's 43 mm -hmm. years old today. I think, is he 43? He is. Yeah. yeah. And he looks like he's 25. He's like all <laughs> jacked. 
Um, so if you're, if you're going to learn how to get in shape, I'm going to be, I'm actually going to be working with Matt to try to like figure out how to get rid of this, uh, uh, this this lazy beach gut I think is like, it's like around here it's like a tourist town and you just eat a lot of fried food uh, I like I like healthy food but I also eat a lot of crap too so I don't need to I need to you know anyways so yeah I mean her husband is in a season of hustle as he's building um, this the dad bod mat thing of like reinventing the dad bod um, yeah. you know at the same full-time time full time job side hustle job you know like there's yeah. seasons of hustle and I, what I love about what you did Hillary and what I love about what Matt's doing is he's building this up first before he ever decides to make some sort of transition you know he's not going to just jump ship before he has a viable business you know going or something like that yeah. so um, lazy beach guy Lori says yeah right um, but it's it's tough and, and you need to make those transitions wisely and if you know for those of you guys who are in TPM pro then you guys know that's that's one of the things we're trying to help you help you guys do um, yeah. so you you know in the in the book I don't know that I've gotten to this point in the book but um, we were talking about it like the oxygen mask like analogy you were, you were talking about how moms need to put on their oxygen oxygen mask can you tell me a little yeah. bit more about that, what does that yeah look like? yeah so Really, the oxygen, it's just that it's the airplane metaphor. So, you know, you get in and they say, okay, make sure you put the oxygen mask on yourself before your children. And I remember as a new mom hearing that and going, that's so counterintuitive. Awesome, Monica. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's so counterintuitive to say, put on the oxygen mask on yourself first, because as a mother, your first instinct is save the child, right? put the oxygen mask on the child. And so when I use the term oxygen mask, it really just means ways that you can care for yourself. And I know self-care is like a very hot button term right now, but it's, it's deeper than just like, okay, go get a massage. You know, it's really asking yourself like, am I caring for myself in the ways that are helping me be a better mother to my children? Because I know from my mom, my whole life had a plaque on our wall that said, if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. And I mean, that's just the truth, right? So that sure is. Yeah. If you, if you are not, if you're miserable, whether you're faking it or not, your kids know (laughs) they're like, they, they can sense the energy there. They know what's going on. So the oxygen mask is just kind of a more practical, um, way of asking moms, look, what do you need? And I think coming back around to even like that season, what you were talking about, I talk a little bit about that too, of just, there are seasons where you, like you said, you are hustling. You are, you don't have time to put on oxygen mask. You're just trying to take gasps once in a while. You're just getting through it. And then there are seasons where things tend to expand a little bit and open up and you can go, Hey, you know what? I might have time for a walk on the beach alone. I might have time for a little Bible study, you know, Things like, like obviously understanding the season that you're in, but when you do have a little bit of margin, knowing that it's okay to make a little space for yourself so that you can be better for your people. Yeah, yeah that's good. That, that's so good. I, I mean, when I, whenever I get that margin of time, which it's like, you know, for us, the margin as parents is, you know, hopefully after the kids get to bed. <laughs> and sometimes that's a longer process than than we'd like it to be, you know, or, or just like, I need more water. Where's Lammy? You know, it's like, Oh my gosh, I have to walk up and down these stairs one more time. 
like stay in bed. Um, <laughs> but I mean, like for me, I love to just drink my coffee, sit on my back porch, read my Bible, read a book and like just wake up slowly. Like I don't want to take a shower first or like get into the grind or make breakfast. Like I want to wake up slowly. And that's like yeah. me time. Um, but unfortunately, like my kids are like been waking up before us and they don't, they're good about like not coming in and like waking us up most of the time. Um, you know, when Juliet comes in and snuggles, like I never complain, but, um, but like, but usually they're, you know, they're rapid fire me about like, yeah, dad, I got this lizard yesterday, blah, blah, blah. Like, just just let me wake up first. So it, it, you know, it, it is hard. But one of the things for photographers though, is like a lot of times when they're starting their career, they're weekends or the times when they're working they're doing family yep. photo shoots in the weekends maybe real estate photography maybe wildlife photography landscape um you know weddings like a lot of times that happens on the weekends and unfortunately it takes away what could be your sabbath yeah you know and i oh, was thinking about hard. late lately the i mean except for when my wife plans like 18 things but um because she likes to like stack it all in i'm like i just want to like rest um yeah. but um, lately weekends have been good since I'm, I'm not shooting weddings. I did for a long time and Hillary knows this. Mm-hmm. Um, actually there's a funny story about that. Uh, but we shot weddings and we'd travel on the weekends all the time. Um, all the time. And, and we, like, we wouldn't really get that rest cause we had that season of hustle where we were building, we were trying to pay off debt. And someone mm-hmm. asked me a question, Beverly, uh, Nicholson said, did you borrow money for equipment or save that uh, while you're still at your prior full-time job? I don't know if she's talking about your equipment or my equipment. I, I didn't really mm-hmm. have a other full-time job. Um, not really ever. I kind of always kind of pursued starved until I stopped starving, you know, um, yep. which I don't necessarily Same. recommend. Um, but I was, I guess I was young enough. So I was able to make it happen. Um, but I didn't go into debt for photography equipment. We went into debt for other stupid stuff, but like we, I bought photography equipment slowly over time as, our, as my business started. And I, and I recommend the same. I understand yeah. that you may have to buy your first $500 camera on a credit card or something, but like, don't go and get yourself $10,000 into photography gear that you don't need that. You know, no. um, you, you know, we can show you how to take professional quality photos with that $500 camera and like a, you know, a nifty 50 lens like this. You can shoot professional portrait shoots or whatever. Um, so I don't encourage you guys to get in a ton of debt, but one funny thing, just kind of a, a funny side note. Sorry, sorry, I'm throwing you under the bus here, Hillary, but it's funny because it's true. It. You're like you're like the seven. You're like me. You love ice cream. So Tammy <laughs> and I, Tammy and I would would travel. Uh, we're next door neighbor in townhouses. Okay, so yeah. our hide a key was underneath their mat, and their hide a key was underneath our mat. Not anymore because we like live states apart, right? But like, like we just like we'd always have to go into into each other's houses to like borrow milk or like oh I'll turn off that thing for you or whatever you know, um, and so. <laughs> and you just told Matt on this trip that was the funny thing. No, like, he didn't even yeah. know. Yeah. So, so go ahead. You want, you want to tell us what? what oh you well. Do? While we were gone on the weekends, we always had a good, healthy supply of Briar's ice cream. Of course. And so, my husband at the time was like hardcore Atkins. You know, God forbid. And so he was just very Atkins strict. Diet, yeah. Atkins, you know, low carb. You know, no, no sugar, no fun, really, no joy is what I like to call Ugh. it. Oh, what a way to live. Anyway, so <laughs> on the weekends when Dave and Tammy were gone, I would just sneak on over to their townhome, unlock the door, pat into the living room, pat into the, the kitchen, open the freezer, get out some ice cream, sit on their couch and eat like an entire gallon of ice cream while reading like photography magazines. And Matt never knew until this weekend. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you were, he was like, what? You used to do that? And you're like, and I remember thinking like, did I eat the, did I eat the ice cream that fast? You know, like, but anyways, no, I mean, you did tell us about it, but it was, it was just, it was just kind of a funny thing. So sevens oh, unite. We gotta have, we gotta, we gotta have those rewards, like those ice cream rewards yes. and stuff like that. Um, that's, we'll that's why it's, treat. it's tricky for me to stay on any sort of diet or something like that. Cause I'm like, ah, I'm fine. I need some ice cream or I need a margarita or yeah. something, but, um, Always. yeah, I love it. Well, Hillary, what, what are, what are like, you know, 10 people are about to, we're about to give this book away to 10, 10 of our listeners right now. Um, and so my team is hopefully going to get that, that list looks like they've got me a list. That's perfect. Um, and I'm, I'm actually going to, going to text you, um, this so that you can read some of those with me that way you have that okay. in a minute. But before we Great. do that, um, before you do that there, I got we actually have a list. That's perfect. Um, what are some of the main takeaways that you want your readers to have from this book? Yeah, like I know we I talked think, about a bunch of things, but yeah. like, what's what are the main yeah. takeaways? Well, I think too, at, at the last couple of chapters are a lot more practical. So I get kind of into the nitty gritty with people. And I always say, like, I don't like giving advice because, you know, listen, it's just me from my journey giving you my perspective, take it or leave it. But I get really practical about some of the things we talked about. So understanding the season that you're in and giving yourself grace, um, asking yourself some hard questions about what you really want as a mother or even a grandmother or even a father in the season that you're in and being willing to ask yourself those hard questions and take the, and go where that journey might take you because it's a beautiful journey. Um, I, I also talk as far as the takeaway part of it with just some practical stuff. I talk about really taking cues from our kids about being in the moment. Um, they're so good at being in the moment and we miss that so often. Not I don't, That's not a guilt from a guilt perspective, I mean, just, you know, saying, mommy, will you play with me? Daddy, will you play with me? Yes. For five minutes, I can play with you. Even if I'm in the middle of something, just learning from our children and helping to mirror them and understanding that, especially healing ourselves, healing, doing the inner work on ourselves is one of the most important things we can do for our kids. We can read 50,000 parenting books about how to parent better and methods, but if we aren't working on our own mess, and our own stuff, that's going to come out of the woodwork to our children. So just feeling like prioritizing your own inner work and, and, and growth, I guess is the word, is not selfish. It's for your children. And um, I think at the end, I really just say, like, don't be, don't be afraid to fall apart. Don't be afraid to be seen as a mess. You know, you're a mother, your father, life is messy. It's a beautiful and messy and don't be afraid to crack open and, and see what comes from things falling apart. Let some plates fall, say no to some things. Um, and you know, just it's beautiful. It's one life. That's all we get with these, with these kids. So that's really the, that's the takeaway practical and a little more philosophical, I guess, too. I, I love that. I love that. Yeah. Thanks so much for sharing that. We're about to announce the winners. Um, I think it's awesome. pretty funny. Linda Linda Nielsen said, so the fact that I just snuck a piece of candy from the stash I bought for trick-or-treaters um, and let my daughter pick one too. And now we have a secret we aren't telling daddy about, right? Oh, <laughs> so, I love that. So, so funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, hilarious. Right. Um, I love it. Great, great takeaway, says Tara Ann. Um, <laughs> Linda said, yeah, well, we don't tell that secret. <laughs> so funny. Um, that's so great. Well, hey, we have 10. Did you get that text message with the, with the um, 
um, with the ten sure winners did. there. Yeah, I sure did. All right, so uh, you know we are mar we are married to those to that list right there. You know what I mean? Like we can't change it to like. Sorry, Mary. Okay. Anyways, uh, the first winner is. Am I am I reading? Yeah, okay. You, you do the first, uh, one. first winner is Mary Lee Richardson. There we go, Mary Lee Richardson. We're gonna we're gonna Congrats. be in touch and make sure we get your address and mail you a book. Um, all right. You know where I'd love to go is like Catalina Island one day. I'd love yeah, to go there. Too. Yeah. Very very fun. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. The second winner is Catalina McCready. Yeah, Catalina, congrats. Um, congrats. I've been I've been Laughlin about this next um, this this book the whole time. Sorry, <laughs> the, you know our puns oh. are fo are like folklore. You know what I mean? Like it's just they are. It's, it's like yeah. Of, yeah. All right. The next winner is Lori O'Laughlin. There we go. There we go. <laughs> Sorry, congrats, we we like always pun the winners' names or we try to. You know, um, I love it. It's it's just hard. It's hard, Gwen. You don't know like what's coming up next. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's um, tricky. Yeah, there you go. Uh, <laughs> Gwendolyn Gwen Isaac. Yeah, there Sorry, you go. I Gwendolyn. Did, the birthday girl. You, you've you've won a book. I, I, Happy I, I birthday, Gwendolyn. Yeah, there we go. Um, and then this next name is is hard for me to pun. It's it's really hard. I'm not, I can't I can't remember I can't remember how I've done it in the past. I'm trying to remember. But go ahead. I'm not I'm not punny, David. Sorry, but Kavita Dewan Dewan. Okay. Kavita. Kavita. You have one. Congrats. Um, yeah, there we go. Uh, it's just hard not to take things for granted, you know. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Like, Laura yeah. Brandt. Laura Brandt. You have won The Good Enough Mother. Congrats. There you go. There you go. And this one is hard for me oh, to find, too. I can't think one, of it. Yeah, I'm like, I'm coming. It's, it's hard. Go for it. <laughs> Malene Cousson. I probably butchered yep. that. And I'm so sorry. Mylene is a sweetheart. We met her in person. Mylene. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, and I'm just excited for, you know, for you guys to get this book so y'all can all key for it. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's definitely a key for to put, keep on your shelf. It's a total um, kiefer. Yeah. yeah Regina Kiefer. Regina Kiefer. You are number eight. There you go. And then, you know, just hopefully the jokes like carry over to like when I have my haircut appointment at the barber later. Yeah. Um, you know. Totes. <laughs> Carrie Barber. <laughs> Carrie Barber. <laughs> you guys might be saying, what the Elkin are you even talking about? Sorry. Kate Elkind. Kate, Kate Elkind. Elkin. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Sorry. I mean, I was doing my best. It's hard. Like you, sometimes you did not just, warn me about the puns. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. I, I should have known. Do, I should have known. I, I do. I do my best. So congrats to all 10 of you guys. Um, congrats. So we've got Mary Lee Richardson, Catalin McCrady. Is, is that Irish? McCrady, you think? Oh, yeah. Your, your oh, yeah. former name, McGuire, is... is McGuire. McGuire. Very Irish. Yes. Lorio Laughlin, Gwendolyn Isaac, Kavita Dewan. Laura Brandt, Mylene Cousson, Regina Kiefer. Uh, I think I'm pronouncing that like Kiefer Sutherland. I don't know. Um, tw did you guys watch 24 with us or is it just us? And we watched Lost together. You guys did that without us. We did Lost. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Carrie, I said Regina Kiefer, Carrie Barber and Kate Elkin. You guys have, you guys are the winners. Woo! Um, hey, uh, Mary Lee Richardson asked earlier, how old are your children now? Now my kids are nine and seven. Yeah. So yeah, wrote wrote okay. this over the last seven years of my second child's life, pretty much. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Hey, for the for those of you guys who um, let me let me pull this up back up. 
Um, for those of you guys who did not win and you want to get Hillary's book, please go get it. It's available right now on Amazon. It's called The Good Enough Mother. And do me a favor and leave her some Amazon reviews. It's just coming out um, like right, right as we speak. Um, and uh, I'd love for you guys to leave her some some good, truthful Amazon reviews that are also good. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, re- check check out this book because I know a lot of you guys are are, um, <clears throat> are starting you know photography careers and and uh, your mothers or grandmothers and or dads and you know we all feel that guilt and stuff like that. So I thought it'd be a fun subject to talk about because it's so potent for so many of us. So Hillary Barnett, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, thank you, incredible. David. Please My give pleasure. your husband a big squeeze for me later yeah. and a kiss, like on the cheek, because I wouldn't, you know Definitely. what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. So I won't make it weird. Uh, yeah. There we go. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks so much, Hillary. Appreciate you. Thanks, David. Have Appreciate a fantastic you. day, everyone. We'll see you guys soon. Please subscribe on iTunes or Spotify so you never miss out on news and events. Give us a rating on iTunes or simply tell a friend about us. It helps us get the word out so we can help more people reach their photography goals.